Hello. Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. Everybody online welcome as well. We're glad you're with us. I wanted to share this with you. I thought this was pretty cool. Um, you know, in the midst of everything that we're going through, uh, it's amazing how God still does things and uses things. And um, So most of you know we have a Bible Institute that we started in uh, 2014. Uh, you know, initially I, I felt like there were some folks here that we could take through that, and we did that. And then um, through... A series of God things. We actually were then given permission by the state of Florida to, to grant um, degrees in ministry, religious degrees, and associate's degrees and bachelor's degrees. So we've been doing that. And uh, uh, we put it all on a website, and the website sort of got found by different folks. And so now there's 1,150 students all over the world taking and studying. And, you know, it's, and, and the cool thing is we do it free. So the church, we don't charge anybody anything. You guys make that possible. So um, I've been working with this young guy uh, from uh, uh, Nigeria. And um, he started uh, four years ago. And he worked his way all the way through, class by class. He did the, the 40 courses necessary to earn a bachelor's degree. He did the first 20 and earned his associates. And he did those things. And so, uh, you know, I, I interface with the students, um, not, you know, all the time. But when they send in papers and stuff or they have questions, I interface with them. And so I've been um, grading his papers and talking to him and encouraging him. And then he, he graduated. He earned his bachelor's degree, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And so we... Uh, we think it's important to send them physical diplomas. We can do it electronically, but when they've done that work, it's a lot of work. You know, it's not a, it's not a skate through. It took, took four years of his time invested. Um, we wanted to physically give him a diploma. Well, our students um, in the African continent now, uh, it's very expensive to send diplomas over there. Um, it didn't used to be as expensive as it is, but it's gotten to be, when I say very expensive, you know, it, it, it was like, it's like $150 to send this thing over there. And... Um, and they don't spend any money. We don't charge them for that. It didn't cost them anything. So we go ahead and do that. I think it's really important. Well, anyway, we sent him his bachelor's degree and we got this letter. So I just think you'll like this. I got, I got the biggest kick out of this. So it says, dear sir, but just take that as dear vineyard church in little tiny big pine key in the middle of nowhere. It gives me great joy to tell you that I've received my bachelor of arts and ministry diploma, which you sent to me. With my whole heart, I thank you, and I thank the God of Israel for this opportunity that was given to me to know more about God and to know how I can serve Him even more. This course increased my biblical knowledge, which I promise to make use of for the work of God. Thank you, Vineyard Church, for the time spared for the training. May God continue to bless you more and more. Amen. Yours in Christ, Oladakun James. And isn't that cool? Does that... Yeah. When, when, I, when I got that e- email, I just got the, the goosey bump things. You know what I mean? Cause it, it, it's cool what can happen. Just take that in as to what happens as we continue to press in in our little part of the story and how it can have this difference in the world and his ministry and how it's going to impact people and then their ministry. Do you, you start thinking that way? I do. That's, that's kingdom of God economics, right? So we, we sow into these 1,150 students. Imagine the impact in, over the course of time in the world as they continue to advance and press in. And that's just crazy, right? And it's all from a little group here. So very cool. Thank you for that. I thought I would share that with you. So let me put those down because I shouldn't need those anymore because I have giant fonts on my iPad. So we're, we're doing a series. I called it an unshakable foundation. And um, 
I, I felt like we're supposed to take some time to set foundation. Thank you for letting me do that. So um, I was thinking about you know the process because I'm I'm teaching um, from scripture. We always do that, but. Is it really practical? Because that's a big part to me, too. I want to make sure that you're learning things here that you can apply to life. And, and sometimes when you're doing foundation stuff, I told you from the beginning, it's a little hard to see how it works practically. But I think it really does for this reason. When you understand the bigger story, it's much easier for you to see how you fit into that story. And then when you see how you fit into the story, it really opens up the scriptures for you and how they apply to you. Uh, on a regular, practical, daily basis. And, and right now we're, we're looking at this point in the story where the, um, the early church has just made the connections, really, with how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Jewish scriptures. And it's huge, and it's changing everything. And so we're really checking into that in the story. And, re- and remember that, you know, quickly, the basic story is God wants to dwell with us. We see that in creation, and then, you know, that blows apart of the fall. We see it again in the Exodus with Tabernacle. We see the Temple, and then exile happens, and all those things take place that we've talked about. And then Jesus comes as the new Temple, a place where heaven and earth connect. And then he goes to the cross, defeats death. He ascends into heaven, and then Holy Spirit comes. Now Holy Spirit dwells in us as believers. Heaven and earth connect in us. It's wild. We could just spend... I could probably just talk about that every time we got together. But there's other parts of the story. And then we know in Revelation that new creation, heaven comes down to earth. And everything here is renewed. And and you get in the wording there that it's, it's reset the way it was in Genesis. This time without the devil. No evil. Very cool. And we'll go that way forever. And that... That initially, God, you know, the whole setup was we would partner with him. That's how he chose to do it in order to take what was in effect Eden, this cosmic temple all over the planet. And now in Jesus, um, he's come and he's reset that sort of thing so that already we're in a way in this idea of new creation. We're partnering with God, heading towards the return of Jesus. All those things we're talking about. So when you get that, see... And all of a sudden, it's all, oh, it's all connecting. It's all making sense. The Bible makes, it's all connected. How does it apply to me? Well, when you get that you're in the story, you read things and they, they have different impact. Because now it's our story, too. It's, oh, I'm part of this story. I'm, it's really cool that he's inviting me into a story. So I was reading this week in Colossians. I've been, over the last few weeks, doing a deep study in the book of Colossians. Fascinating book. And... Uh, you know, I'll say it about whatever I'm at. They're one of my favorites. So uh, I was reading Colossians 3 this week. And Colossians 3, great chapter. And in effect, Paul is in this chapter. If you get a chance to read it, he's talking about t- putting, off, putting off the old clothes, the old self, and putting on the new clothes, the new self. And it's really, it's a, it's a picture of baptism uh, is what he's doing in there. And they, would, uh, they used to, when they were baptized, they would put on, you know, white uh, new clothes. And that's what they'd be baptized in. It was all symbolic of getting rid of all the garbage putting on the new stuff. And, and so for us, you know, it's a picture of that old creation being taken care of and the, the new part of the new creation being put on. And I go, oh, I fit into that story, so I should be looking at that. Well, Paul describes these new clothes, and this is where I got stopped this week. He said the first description of these new clothes, the first two things that he describes are that, that we're to be tender-hearted and kind. Now, you might say, oh, cool, cool. But when you really take that in, that's how people should recognize you. That should be, when, if people were to describe you with you not being in the room, that's an important part of that. <laughs> 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 
Those should be the things that roll out of them. Oh, they're tender-hearted. Oh, wow, and kind. How kind? They're the kind, so kind. Well, see that really begins. See, because that's what a new creation looks like. That's what we're supposed to be like. And I think you know, sometimes I'm, I'm there. I think I, you know, I'm, I try to be kind to the people in my in my world, you know, in my circles and stuff. And don't always make it, but it's about everybody. That should be the description that people have of you. And I was challenged by that. See, that's because I, in the story I get now that that's what's supposed to be happening. And 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 so now practically. Because I know the bigger story. I can see how I really need to be focused on that. Is, is what I'm doing, is this tender-hearted? Is this kind? Or is this the old stuff that's popping up? Which is very sort of selfish and me-centered and critical and judgmental. So uh, Alice and I were down in Key West this week. <clears throat> um, it, it's her birthday yesterday. And uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, happy birthday, Alice. We sang at the last service, and, and so you didn't want to do it every service, but I did want to. So, so as one of the joys of having your birthday, and, and this particular birthday, uh, she had to go and renew her driver's license, because it had expired and she needed a new picture. Which, you know, this is very cool for uh, those of you, um, the picture was really good. That's important when you've got something that you're going to have with you for six years. Or longer, and she was really pleased. It was really good. So anyway, that's not the story. So when we're leaving Key West, as we're coming out of Key West, so now there's bridge construction, right, to, to come home, if you've been down to Key West lately. And it's always been this way, but you need to get into the correct lane. And because it's busy, you have to get in there, like at McDonald's. You really should be in that left lane. And I do that because... I'm, I'm pretty settled. That's where I need to be, and it's the right thing to do, and so I get in the left lane. However, the moment I'm there and people are whizzing by me in the right lane, I start to judge them because I think a lot of you are going to get up here in front of me. I know you are. And I, I'm, I'm, and I fight that. You think you're better than me, don't you? Yeah. Oh. And I judge, and then I, I'm, I, ha, ah, I start doing that thing. My only thing that I feel like I can do is to get two inches from the car in front of me so that no one can get in front of me, especially when it gets to game time up near the light. Absolutely not now. Best thing that could happen here. You can't get in, and I don't look at you, and you have to go through the light and do around the block, and it's on you. That's not kind. You can't even begin to find kind in there. You might go, oh, well, no, that's right. No, it's, it's not. It's not tenderhearted. It's not kind. I, you know, I have this, I've talked about this for years. I actually had someone, and, and I got a different perspective one time. And, and this person said to me, I, I have, you know, I have kids waiting for me when I'm leaving. And they've been alone, and I don't have 15 minutes extra. And they cut the line. And I, I was like, I get that. And, and I get that that's important. And so I, 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 a kind thing is not to judge everybody that's doing that and not to make it my problem. And so I didn't. I actually caught myself not doing that thing this week. I give it some room. I mean, like I didn't leave a whole lot of room. But I'm not arrived. <laughs> but I always, I, I keep hoping as I press into this that at some point it's just who I am. Okay, whatever. I can get there, but I have to think it through. I, I want that change. See, that's how knowing the story can practically change you in your life. And that's why, thank you, just keep pressing into me as we continue to press into Scripture. And, and we look at these things. And this week and next week, again, we're really drawing into how the 
uh, new church is connecting the Hebrew scriptures they've had forever, the Old Testament, with what's taken place and how it all points to Jesus. And that way, you hold in the Old Testament as part of your story as well. Don't just, oh, it's old. No, it's, it's part of the story. We need it desperately in our lives. So we're going to jump into Mark 1 here in just a moment. And uh, I, I gave you enough of the story. Let's do some jokes. Oh, Alice, as I said, she needed to redo, renew her driver's license because it expired on her birthday. And it made me wonder, if you have an electric car, do you need a current license? My daughter asked me if I could do a joke about potassium. I said, okay. <laughs> Periodic table of the elements. This morning as I was getting ready, I accidentally sprayed some body spray into my mouth. And now when I talk, I have this weird accent. I thought that was hilarious. It's not going over very well. Alice, come on, help. It's like the sea of the microphone forest that you get to walk. No, don't be sorry. I just had that. I thought it was clever. Have any of you ever had a bad um, driver's license picture that you're stuck with for 20 years? You know, the last good one I took was in 1984, maybe. (laughs) And then they've anyway. So it was a real celebration when I didn't look, you know, horrible (laughs) or older. All right. Let's take a beat and focus in on God. Oh, Lord. Let your kingdom come again in our hearts today. Father, as we dig into our foundation and you lay those solid bricks in us, Father, we just want to say yes and amen to that. And I pray, Father, that we would hear just what we need to hear today, that nobody would leave here not feeling that touch of your presence. Lord, that anyone that walked in... Father, that doesn't have that peace that passes understanding, that you would just grace that with them today. Father, for those that are online and listening, Father, just let that grace reach them and that peace flow in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. The text today is out of the Gospel of Mark, as Steve said, chapter 1, 1 through 15. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. 
And at once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Blessed be the word of God. Amen. We're going we're gonna to look at the whole chunk of scripture she just, Alice just read, but we're, we're going to really focus in on verse 15. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So let's talk for a moment about the kingdom of God and what it means. I'm going to dig, dig deeper into this in the weeks ahead. All right, every time it comes up, I want to focus back in on it just a little bit. What is the kingdom of God? What, what's, he, what's he talking about? So um, when you read kingdom of God in the scripture... Again, I think we have a tendency to think that they're talking about heaven, and they're not. Um, the kingdom of God is um, God's rule and reign coming to earth. That's what kingdom of God means. So you, you need to understand that as you read the, the passage. Um, where I think there's some confusion is Matthew says kingdom of heaven a lot. Um, and the reason he does that is he was writing to a primarily Jewish audience who, out of reverence, didn't say the word God. They, they danced around it and said other things. And so he substitutes kingdom of heaven. But it's the same thing, and it means the same thing. It's talking about kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, God's rule and reign coming to earth. It's what we pray in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. Let it come on earth as it is in heaven. That, so that's the whole thing. That's the big part of the story. And so when you see kingdom of God, that's what's happening. Think of it. This is one of the ways I like to think of it. So you don't think about heaven. Because heaven and earth overlap. I tell you that. We've talked about that a lot. You should get that now. Heaven's not a million miles away. I like to think of heaven as kind of the control room um, over the planet, if you would. And, and so uh, Jesus is there with the Father, but they're, they're overla- it's overlapping with us. It's not millions of miles away. It's right there. And they're very much involved in everything that's happening. Uh, all the time. There's a very real enemy, so they're engaged in this whole thing as well. Uh, and, and so we, we know that, but think of that as the picture, and I just think it's helpful. So the kingdom of God, whenever you read it, and the verses that it pops up, it'll pop up like, is, is the, the rule and reign of God, all right? Coming to earth. God, God's going to come. Prophets have told us God's going to come as king and begin to set everything right. And so that's what the people are looking for, even then. And, and that verse is, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom is, is here, Jesus says, and they'll also say the kingdom is coming. We live in this tension where, where what happens is Jesus, when Jesus came, he's inaugurated, he's, he started the kingdom, but it will be completed, fulfilled when he returns. And we live in this tension between the now and the not yet. Very significant. But something significant happened when Jesus came and when he went to the cross, when he defeated death, and when he was resurrected. His resurrection was the start of the beginning of this whole new God setting everything right, really the, the point where we can get a hold of it, there's a significant impact until he returns. And, and so we need to be aware of that's the kingdom. Now, another thing that I want you to know in this whole story is that God has a timetable. Remember, he says the time has come. So you read that. So, so God has a timetable. Things are happening uh, on God's schedule, and um, he's, he's well aware of what's taking place. And I think it's important for us to grasp that idea of God being on timetable, that things are happening the way he said they're going to happen and when they're going to happen. And uh, one of the reasons that's so important is when 
when we realize that God has a timetable and that we're part of His story and, and that we're not setting the timetable He is, one of the things I, help, uh, I think that helps us do is to realize it's not all about us making everything work. It's not all about getting everything done, you know, when I need to get it done. Anybody ever here get impatient? You start pushing things, you start rushing a little bit. And, you know, to tie in with the earlier story, you know what happens when you get that way is I think that it's much harder to be kind. Because you, you don't have time for other people getting in your way. You have this thing that has to happen on your schedule, and, and then people can start just getting in the way. And that's not how we're supposed to live. We're on his timetable. And at this point in history, uh, the, the people were waiting, the, the Jewish people were waiting for the kingdom of God to show up and for a Messiah to come. Because back in Daniel 9, Daniel had said, 77s are declared for your people in your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness. Uh, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. This idea of 77s was uh, a times of weeks of years and um, it meant 490 years. And they understood what it meant back then. And we're right at the time of Jesus. We're at about 490 years from, from the situation that Daniel was writing into and the exile and everything going on. So they've been looking for this to happen. They're all looking for it. And um, they're waiting. And there's reports in history of lots of false messiahs popping up that are coming. And they all have this thing where they're going to try and raise up an army uh, and, and overthrow Rome. They think that's the solution. And so when Rome finds out about these false messiahs, to every one of them, you know what they do? They crucify them. That's how you deal with false messiahs. Because it stops it every time. It stops every one of those little revolutions from happening until they get a hold of the real messiah. And then it backfires big time. But, but that's the story, okay? And so what the problem is, and why even Jesus guys are, are having struggles with trying to understand what Jesus is teaching them and how it fits together, is they have a, a, they have a thought about what the kingdom's going to look like when it comes. And their whole picture is that, that this is going to happen and Rome is going to be overthrown and we're going to be restored as the people of Israel into glory uh, at like the time of David and Solomon. That's, that's exactly what they're looking for. So everybody who comes, they're looking for them to set up this sort of political, military thing that's going to change the world as they know it. And so they're waiting for that to happen. So they're looking for it. Uh, and yet, when Jesus comes... He doesn't do that. And, and so they start wondering, is, is, are you supposed to be? Because what does Jesus do? See, when, we know the prophet said when, when God returns his king, what's he going to do? He's going to start setting everything right. And, and they take it to mean that they're going to be restored. And what, what it really means is Jesus comes and he starts making things better. Now, how does he do that? Well, he starts healing the sick. He starts setting people free. He starts changing all sorts of things, and he's making this world a better place by his actions. He's helping people. He's setting them free. He's making a difference. And, and so, but, but they're not seeing how that all connects. And even John the Baptist struggles with this. And so Mark is, is going to focus in the scriptures, and, and right away he talks about two verses, um, verse 2 and verse 3. One of them connects with Isaiah, and one connects with um, Malachi. Verse, verse 2, I'll send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, uh, c- connecting us with Isaiah. And then Malachi, voice of one calling the world, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Verse 2 is Malachi, this one is Isaiah. So 
So now he's, he's focusing those scriptures. I keep saying they're doing it. It's all making sense to them. And they're pointing them at Jesus. That Jesus was the one who was going to come. Um, and, and yet John the Baptist was going to be the messenger ahead of him. He's going to mark the time. He's going to, because that's what they were waiting for prophetically. This messenger who would come and that would be it. That would be the announcement they were waiting for. And they get that it's John the Baptist. And even somehow John the Baptist knew that this was his calling. He, he understood that this is who he was called to be. And so he goes and does his thing. And, and uh, when John, it says in uh, Matthew eleven two, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Now, Think about John the Baptist. He's already seen Jesus. He's, he's aware of who he is. He's, you know, he had, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He's had all these revelations. But what he's not doing is setting up this overthrow that John was expecting. It's not happening. And in fact, John finds himself in prison, which is not a good situation. He doesn't want to be in prison. And so he starts to question, even John the Baptist, the messenger, goes, are you really the one we were looking for? Why aren't things happening? Uh, and... and why isn't something going on? And Jesus replies, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus' response is, I'm setting everything right. Make sure John knows that. That's what was supposed to, it's supposed to look like. And as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? Which is really funny because we already read to you the description in the, Alice read in the scripture reading of John the Baptist. You ever thought about this? He's wearing camel hair. And um, he eats locusts and honey. That's, that's nasty. I don't think you can make a locust, locust taste good with honey. I'm sure that's what he's trying to do. It's like, if you put enough honey, you can eat it. Don't worry about it. Just drown that, drown that locust in honey. Yummy. Ew. It makes me laugh because Alice and I watched a series uh, on, uh, that's available called The Chosen. It's a great series. If you haven't watched it, I'm going to give it. I don't usually put my stamp of approval on stuff like that. But boom, one of the best things I've ever seen. Make you love Jesus more. Make you, make you just want to tune in. And it's free. You have to get it online and, and uh, you have to use an app and everything. And they ask for a donation so other people can watch it free. But it's, it's really worth it. Uh, I'm, I'm only bringing that up because... There's this thing in a series where um, it's so funny because Peter, the apostle Peter, um, they're talking about John the Baptist. And Peter goes, you mean creepy, John? And it's really funny when you know the story because I'm sure it was it was a little creepy, you know. And, and anyway, so I digress. So he says, what did you go out to see? A prophet? Jesus says, and yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it's written. I'll send my messenger ahead of you who prepare the way before you. So you need to see. So Jesus makes the connection for them. The guys are still struggling with it. But Jesus says, this is what you're waiting for. This is what the prophets talked about. Daniel and, and Isaiah, uh, Malachi. This is, it's all happening. And in, in John the Baptist was the one who was preparing the way, letting you know that I was coming, that the kingdom of God was at hand. Uh, and this is what it looked like. And so he keeps focusing in the scripture, Mark does. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. And he's 
He's tagging more scripture with that uh, as he talks about those things. He's bringing in Psalm 2 there uh, about the Davidic king. Uh, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I become your father. So here we see that connection again with the line of David. There, there just is all the scripture has opened up to them. And uh, also in Isaiah 42 about the servant. Here's my servant whom I am uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he'll bring justice to the nation so so mark's making all these connections that jesus is the one that uh was going to come and usher in the kingdom of god god setting everything right it wasn't going to be this political overthrow and so as part of that one verse that we're really looking at another thing that jesus says is repent and believe repent and believe now i want to bring that up because i because of the way we generally look at the idea of repent and believe, and, and it's fine, it's part of it, is that, that we're to repent from the way that we're living now, our own way, and, and uh, repent of our sins and confess our sins and turn and go to God and believe in the gospel, the good news. And it, has, it certainly has that meaning in it. But, but to the way it's being written, there's a, there's a deeper sort of meaning in what happens. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. What Jesus is saying to them is, listen, you've got to quit thinking the way that you've been thinking, that you understand how everything works out. And you need to understand that this is how it works out. This is the way the story works. This is what it looks like. This is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come in me, Jesus is saying. And you need to quit trying to make it happen in your way with this whole idea of this political and military overthrow that's going to happen. And you need to understand what it looks like is that I have come and I've started making everything better. And it's happening in the ways that we've talked about. Repent and believe the good news. This is the gospel. This is what you've been waiting for. And you need to understand that. And we need to take that in so that we can partner with it. See, God, in his, his amazing way of doing things, has called us to partner with him. Just as he did in creation. Remember, you, you listen, he, he, he says, we're going to work together to take what's in Eden and change the planet. And we blew that horrifically. But Jesus now has come and he's, he's made a way for us again. And be, because of his resurrection, this whole thing is, is started back up again and we're included in it. He wants to partner with us again to go and bring this good news of what he's doing into the world around us. And, and so these guys are all waiting for, for this Messiah who would show up and just wipe out the pagan nations, just destroy them and restore them to their former glory. But that's not what happened. What happens is Jesus comes as the fulfillment, as the representative of the Hebrew Scriptures. He comes and fulfills them, and, and he says, that's not what we're going to do. I'm going to come and rescue the nations, not destroy them. I'm going to come to rescue them. And it's a fulfillment of the covenant back in Genesis 12 that we looked at with Abram. I will make you into a great nation, and I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses I, I, you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be what? Blessed through you. See, this is what happens when Jesus comes. It's an opportunity for all of the nations in the world to be blessed by him, to come and know what's taken place, to become a part of his story, and to jump in on the new creation that he's starting and that he started with Jesus and the resurrection. And so this is what it looks like. And what he's calling us to is, see, we're to partner with him in this whole thing. We're to, we're to quit do you ever, you ever just keep thinking you've got things figured out and you keep trying to do it your way? 
And then you, you, you have to start to realize it's much better to do things God's way. That's what that idea of repent means. And so we have to do that. And what he's saying is, listen, this is what you're going to do. You're, you're going to come with me. We're going to do it together. And we're going to be servants. We're, we're not going to try and beat people into anything. We're going we're gonna to love people into things. And it's so hard for his, his guys to get this at first because they're so used to thinking about it in one way. And James and John are two of the top dogs here. You know, James, John's and Peter, James, John, and Peter, we read about them a lot. They're always vying for position. So were all the other guys, but those three were really at the top of the struggle. And so James and John figure they want to be in this new thing that Jesus is setting up, which they still think is going to be sort of this political military thing. They want to be the guys on the right and the left. So they come to Jesus uh, and uh, they say, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask, which is pretty cheeky. Um, what do you want me to do for you? He asked. And they replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking. Jesus said, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? That's a bit of a tongue twister. We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. And when the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. And Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, quit thinking that way. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man, now he's bringing in Daniel 7 with that idea, uh, come to be served. But to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's Isaiah 53. Again, pointing in all these scriptures at Jesus so we, so we get it. And, and, and so we have to look at the story now. See, we have to quit thinking we, we know how it goes and try and make it fit into our way of seeing things. And we realize it's his story and we need to fit into his story. And, and we need to take that in. And serving is this idea. And, and uh, I had this thought that I share with the last couple of groups that, that this is my thought. That, that a lot of people want to serve God. But, but most of them want to do it in an advisory capacity. <laughs> you, can, you can think about that all week if you want. But that's true. And that's not. You see, we need to come in and serve. And what that looks like. And, and he's saying, just love people. Be kind. You wear those new clothes. Wear those new creation clothes in the world around you. That's what's going to make the biggest difference. Not finger pointing. Not criticizing. Not acting like you got it all figured out. Just being kind. Tender hearted. Take that on. And, and, and let that be what, you know, what comes out of you. Step back from trying to think you've got it all figured out. Step back from trying to do things in your own timetable. And, and look for his timetable. And rest in him. And trust in him. And let that flow through you. Next week, we're going we're gonna to look into Luke chapter 24. So if you want, go ahead and read that. One of my favorite stories. And you'll see some more of this whole thing taking place. And I think you're really going to enjoy that as we get together. Well, that's enough for today. We're going to pray. Alice, my love, would you come up? And, and let's pray for a moment. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you come and just minister to each person in the room, right at the point of their need. You, you know their highs and their lows. You know their, their concerns. You know their joys. You know all those things. And I pray that you would just meet them in those places right now, that your blessing would come. That your peace would come. That your power would come. That they would know uh, how much you love them. That, that, that there's some today. You need to know 
that, that you're an important part of the story. You matter. You count. You make a difference. And, and that, that His love for you is, is real and complete. Thank you, Lord. God loves to do things in our lives to make them better. He doesn't do things in our lives to hurt us. Which, whenever He speaks to you, He does it because He loves you. And that's how His Word should land on your heart. But as I was praying this week, I had a few things and. um the first one is a spouse that you're praying for, and I felt like the Lord just gave me a picture of, of his hands. And your spouse was sit, you know, laying on lamb's will in the palm of his hands. And then the other one is there's someone, and in, in, in your mantra has been, I feel so broken, Lord, I feel so broken. And the Lord wants to say to you, I love broken things. You don't have to keep running. Put your head upon my chest and rest and find that peace and then the last one is and i've had this one all week poking at me and it's it's for someone of jewish descent and the lord wants you to know and this is all he gave me was that you can trust the one that died for you the lord amen amen well, everything in this story starts with knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior, and, and that all happens by just inviting Him to be that. He's done all the work at the cross. We just need to accept it and believe it. And, and it starts with that sort of prayer, Jesus, would you be my Lord and Savior? And if you've never prayed that, do it right now. Jesus, would you be my Lord and Savior? And if you do that, everything starts for you. And I want to know, so uh, just so I can celebrate with you, if you, if you do that, just, just text that word HEART, H-E, I've got to text the word to that number, and then I get a, a little thing so that I can celebrate, so I can know that you've connected, you've joined the story. Best decision you ever make. Thank you, everybody, again, for your amazing generosity and for allowing us to continue to make a difference, not only in our community, but in the world around us. And thank you, all those watching online have continued to send in and, and uh, electronically give. And there's offering boxes here for those of you that are here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And let's sing. Praise God from who? Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Thanks for watching online. And uh, have a great week, everybody. If you're leaving, please go out these doors. They'll be open for you. Don't bunch up there at the end. Keep your social distance in. Keep your mask up. Be safe. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to Keys Vineyard.